Hey fans and subscribers, this is your host Joe from the Gaming for Insight channel, starting us off for the first episode of the Handheld United podcast. We have a great podcast planned for you tonight. With me from Handheld United is CPPC Tech and Gamers Generation. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Howdy, how's it going? Hey yo. We have some topics to cover this evening. We have a list. The first one we are going to discuss is the six-month checkpoint for the ROG Ally. We are going to talk about the Activision ban for the Modern Warfare franchise. We're also going to talk about the Game Awards 2023 and more. So let me get us started off with the six-month the six check-in for the ROG Ally. We've had, it's been quite a journey for the Ally. I think we can all agree on this. And we've had some updates and additions for the Ally. And I'll just name a few here to get us started. We have had VRAM allocation appear in Armory Crate. That is supported. We've had controller calibration features and the anti-dead zone feature in Armory Crate. We've had various BIOS updates. We've had quality of life improvements within Armory Crate. We've had gyroscope integration. That's the most recent one in Armory Crate. And across us, for Handhelds United, we have covered these in videos that we have done. So, gentlemen, let me turn it to you. What do we think about the ROG Ally and its six-month time here? Uh, basically, it's going great. They've made more improvements than, um, than I thought would ever happen. And they, they kind of started happening a little later on. You know, there were some issues with SD cards and a lot of people complained about those and it seems they have uh nailed that down so that's one of the biggest things out of the way that we don't have to worry about anymore i believe the software always has been improving i actually more impressed with armory crate on the ally than i've had previous experience with with desktops so that was a nice surprise because a lot of people have salty you know taste in their mouth with armory crate whenever you mm -hmm. mention it so for the ally software side it's it's been great being able to allocate the vram and stuff uh, it, it's I don't I don't really mess with it too much because I just leave it at four and just tune the games based on that so I have more RAM. Everything else, the gyro, I still haven't even tried it yet, but the ally and the performance of it, the smoothness of the gameplay, all the extra features and how well everything just works in a cohesive environment. I'm I'm very happy with it. I'm I'm happy that it's just ready to go if somebody wants to buy it they don't have to worry about a lot of the caveats that we had to worry about as early adopters good points indeed gamers generation any thoughts what what are your first impressions uh it's funny because uh, i'm literally scripting my six month long-term review on it and uh memes aside uh people would probably classify me as just a legion go shill now um but I don't hate the ally. I actually, actually, really loved it for the first few months, uh, despite you know the micro SD thing. Um, I think where it is now is actually a really good place, and people um, are only getting even more value because of the price drops. Uh, probably the exception to that would be the non-extreme uh, ver version or variant. I mm -hmm. definitely wouldn't recommend that one, but. Uh, just as CPPC said, uh, with Armory Crate, I mean, they've done a lot of good work with that. Of course, you could always say that it would have been nicer if they had Gyro and all that beforehand, but what's important is that they can continue to support uh, the product, and, and that's just great for all consumers, I think. But what do you think? 
I will say the VRAM allocation that is a that is immediately demanded. I think across individuals that purchase these handhelds, and the gyroscope integration. I myself that was not a demand for me to have, but I understand that there are many that really like that, and I've seen some other YouTube videos as well where that is used, like there was one using it in Destiny 2, and I, I did see that as neat to have. I, I think that there needed to be an expectation set with the ROG Ally releasing and the road that it was going to be for it to become, well, fulfill the potential. I, I didn't have the expectation that... I'm going to get it out of the box and it's going to be this optimal, perfect handheld with everything I want. I, my expectation was this is the beginning. This is the beginning of a road with an ROG ally with a handheld from Asus like this. I cannot recall another one. I don't want to confirm that this is the first one. You two may be able to, to clarify on that whether this is but my impression was this is the first handheld that asus other than its phones of course is the first gaming dedicated gaming handheld that it that it has released so i didn't think that all the bells and whistles were going to be worked out and i think they i think asus has done an amazing job keeping the community informed and working to release updates and take user feedback no i don't work for Asus, so I'm, I'm not biased here, but based on the time I've spent in creating the videos I have and engaging in the Asus Ally community, I'm I'm very happy with where the road is going. Good. Um, one of the other points I forgot to to mention is the aftermarket support is growing. I know that was a big concern in the beginning for a lot of people. They were like, "Oh, there's no cases, there's no backplays, there's no mods, there's no this." Uh, like there is with the Steam Deck, and and slowly but surely we're we're seeing a lot of manufacturers start to push out some really good stuff. And you know, it's a moddable console, not really console, but a gaming PC. But mm -hmm. some people call it a console still. But you can you can customize it the way you want. You can add storage. I like that. I really think that it was the most mainstream uh, Windows-based handheld that I've ever seen. So it was the first for me. And it was something that I knew wasn't going to be perfect out of the box. And I think as long as you went into it with that expectation, your enjoyment and your overall like happiness is probably going to be a lot better if you know that it wasn't perfect when it came out. But it's pretty close to perfect now, I would say. Now, I, I do want to say so that the audience may be thinking, oh, Joe is completely biased here. He wants he wants everything to be great. He sees the good in everything. And and that's that's true. I will say that. But I remember the first video I did on the Ally, and I remember opening mine up, and I finished work, got it, and I went, oh boy, I'm going to jump into some games tonight on this thing. And I open it up, and none of the buttons work immediately, and I have to reboot it three or four times. And this is with the setup, even just connecting to the Wi-Fi, just to get the buttons to work. And then I had to connect a keyboard and mouse as well, so that I could connect to the Wi-Fi. So... Yeah, it could be for someone that is not accustomed to PCs and wanted something to be approachable like the Steam Deck at the beginning, it could have been very daunting. So I do at least want to acknowledge that. 
And I think yeah. we may have had someone join us. Is is that correct? Yeah, that was me. Project Nobody. SBC, how are you, sir? Welcome I'm to the podcast. Out. How's everyone going? How's, what's everyone up to? Well, we are talking about the ROG Ally, the six-month journey so far with it. Do you have any thoughts on the Ally? I know that their software has improved significantly, and I know they crossed that gyro threshold. So that's now in, and everyone can use that. And I think that was like one of the big features in the six-month update. So I'm glad they finally crossed that milestone. And I really hope that the Lenovo Legion Go and their Legion space will catch up in less than six months and we can get gyro useful. But yeah, they've come a long way. And not to be tangential, but that is going to be an interesting case where we're trying to understand how quickly is the legion go software going to develop and is it going to develop at the rate that the i'm treating this like a science experiment but is it going to develop at the rate as the armory crate software has so we will see exciting things to come i think in 2024 yeah, definitely. and i'm hoping they reach out to me because i would love to help them with their software Classic Project SBC. I mean, I mean, artist formerly known as Project SBC. Yeah. <laughs> Any other thoughts, Project SBC, for BIOS updates, quality of life improvements? You did talk about the gyroscope integration, the anti-dead zone feature, or does that wrap it up for you on thoughts on the ally? Yeah, I, I only had an ally for a week, and I had an SD card, and I haven't had one since, so... I really don't have much of an opinion on the ROG Ally. Okay. All right. We can transition to our We're next topic. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. If that's okay. Of course. Um, I, I think his statements kind of kind of summarize that really beautifully. Uh, I I will actually disagree with you, Joe, about the communication uh, that ASUS has presented. I think on in terms of their updates, I think they've been reasonable, at least okay. in terms of the expectations there. But... In terms of communicating the micro SD card issue and its resolution, uh, this is something that I intend to say in my uh, six-month review. I don't think that they have been transparent or communicative about that. Okay. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm not a lawyer. They probably have an army of lawyers that they need to go through to make sure that they get um, their statements correct. But I think that whether or not they've resolved the issue, the lack of communication on that front doesn't instill confidence uh to me at least um like as for a science project essentially i had automated my device um and the the ally sd card for me seems to be working but the fact that you know uh, myself and like windec tech are doing like micro sd card benchmarks uh in 2023 2024 like is is kind of absurd if you think about it. Well, and these are meaningful points that you make, despite the disagreement we have here. I mean, people have spent what, approximately, what, $700, $800 on this device, and they have a part of it that is not working and malfunctioning. And there was a delay in understanding what can be made of this. Is it a software fix? Is it a hardware fix? What can I do if I bought one? Do I have to return it? So all very reasonable to say that. And I'm glad that you emphasize the... SD card issue because we we mentioned it but we didn't really emphasize it enough as that was pivotal and major for the allies release 
Yeah, and and just just to wrap up uh, this topic, and I promise I'll transition. Uh, I think that there are plenty of users in this space, especially like CPPC's audience, who are willing to modify their devices. And they would probably, you know, throw a statement in my face like, well, you know, just, uh, bruh, just go and uh, upgrade your SSD. And that's very much true. But the problem with that argument is that not everyone is willing to do that, Mm -hmm. nor does everyone have that skill to do so. Yeah. And so for you to have to do that with a retail product is kind of silly, right? It's like buying a brand new car and then saying, well, you know, bruh, you got to go and install your own tires afterwards like right after you just bought it like that that's kind of a silly argument yeah, that right? that would be quite tiresome i will say to have to be able to <laughs> do that him. and i i i completely understand that i myself i remember when i got my ally the memory the local storage that was used very quickly and i went okay yep need to get that hard drive upgrade to two terabyte and it's the first time it was the first time for me opening up a gaming handheld not a pc i've opened up many pcs to install new hard drives but a gaming handheld i have not and it was similar to the consoles i've opened up to install hard drives but there was a bit of okay i hope i do this right with with that as i was initially disinclined i wanted to just get it with the local storage I needed, but felt compelled. I will. I will say it's easier to do than a lot of people who haven't done it yet. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can probably know it. And it was easier than the Steam Deck. It was very, very simple, and the cloud recovery it works okay. It works better now than it did in the beginning. But I think, honestly, in reality, I, I think one terabyte should be a bare minimum. Yeah. Uh, for for gaming handhelds, just because these games take up so much space, you download one or two games big triple a titles in your ssd is full that's exactly so, where i was yeah yeah and the the memory cards I, I mean it's very very debatable but i'm just not happy with the performance that a memory card can offer and the longevity typically in my experience has not been the best across all devices no matter what they are and it's very hit and miss they're they're very thin they're very cheaply made they stamp these things out like candy uh the quality control is at an all-time low I don't have faith in an SD card. I've lost too much data over the years with different devices. I will only use NVMe. Although I have an SD card, it still works. It's still the original one that I had for my Ally. Don't have issues with it, but that's a topic for a different day. But I just really think that if any of these manufacturers are listening to us at this point, it's questionable. But if they are, please, guys, give us one terabyte minimum. You know, just it's the cost difference for a manufacturer is pennies on the dollar. And the enjoyment factor for us is everything. It depends if those manufacturers can look and listen to the podcast before it's finished recording like a Spaceballs episode. Anyways, I digress. Gamers Generation, (laughs) you I think you have something you want to share with us. Or was it Project SBC? Sorry, someone was about to speak, I think. Oh, yeah, I was. I was going to piggyback off and say one terabyte should have been something that the ROG Ally team had considered, especially off the micro SD card issue. They had the issue. It lost a lot of faith. Um, They could have taken a step to add another SKU to make a one terabyte version, and they didn't, and they didn't have transparency in the micro SD card. And Lenovo saw all of that and said, we're going to make sure our SD card is rock solid and we're going to offer one terabyte they listened to the community 
they jumped on it and I think they did an awesome job doing that. Yeah, big kudos to Lenovo, man. They are they are the goats right now. That's so impressive that they offered that and it was, you know, like out of the box like that. So um the the other thing is that the amount of open box that you would see for the ally is is nuts. Like every time I look at Best Buy website, there's so many open box just because people were getting mad about the SD cards or they're starting to fail. They don't want to RMA it or whatever the reason might be. You don't really see that near as much with the Lenovo's, at least locally in my area when I look. I'm under the same impression as well. Any other thoughts on the Ally before we transition? No, that's it for me. All right. Our next topic at hand is the Activision ban that is that has been happening across players, particularly on the ROG Ally with Modern Warfare 3. What are yes. what is everyone's thought on okay, that so and the cause, perhaps? I think I'm probably one of the best guys to start off talking because I'm I'm speaking from experience. It's, yeah, let's it's happened to get me us started. three times. First it happened on Modern Warfare 2. And then I thought they had fixed everything, and then it happened again, Modern Warfare 3. Uh, I have been told, this is unofficial, but I have read on Reddit, you know, how that goes, that Lenovo, they were having the issue, that was obvious, people on Reddit and all over the place were saying that it was happening to them, but Lenovo was able to whitelist their hardware or software or whatever that was triggering it. There was even like a name attached to the person who dealt with it. Um, I would have to pull up that to to confirm but i haven't heard a single person complain uh since then about the lenovo ban but i still see it with the rog ally i i do think it is not related to the same issue on every single ban because for mine i was under the impression that you turn off anti-lag you make sure you don't unplug or plug up you don't change the tdp and you're fine well, for the entire time I played Modern Warfare 3, the ally, I was always plugged in. Never changed the power. I always had anti-lag turned off. And I didn't ne I've, I've never had the anti-lag plus or any of that. I'm, I'm running just the stock driver. And it still gave me that one-week ban. I tried reaching out to Activision. They did not want to give you anything other than a generic cookie-cutter statement. Uh, even when you get them in a direct email, they just are repeating the exact same thing over and over just changing one word out of the sentence um, to make you know that they're not a bot. They're actually like hearing you, but they aren't able to actually give you any more information. So you have to basically just wait out the ban. It's, it's frustrating because so many people on my channel and my discord everywhere, all over Reddit, they're just so mad. They're they've boycotted the game or they no longer want to play on that device anymore. So it's, it's a lose lose for both the manufacturers of the devices that are getting the bans and the game itself. And it's getting a huge bad rap all over the place. I mean, you can just go on Reddit right now and type in Modern Warfare 3 ban or Modern Warfare 2 ban. And the amount of handheld users is just unreal. And, and AMD as well. I think that resonates with all of us. Let me give opportunity to Gamers Generation and Project SBC for comments on this. What do you guys think? Well, I've had people with my software have a ban on Call of Duty, and that's going to be tied to the registries on the CPU. So when you use something like Ryzen Adjust, you're going to be writing out to the registries on the CPU to change the TDP. 
and there are some resources that I am thinking the anti-cheat is picking up on. And it doesn't matter if you changed it. If the software boots up and it's called any of those, then it's going to be tied to that process. And the anti-cheat's going to look for running processes that are using any kind of resources that reach out to registries, kernel level, um, writing serial out. Those are the things that I think they're looking for. And if we take a look at what anti-cheat is really trying to do, they're trying to make sure that your accessories aren't um, uh, adapting as you play the game. Mm. And so I'm thinking it's one of those few things, CPU registries, kernel level, and serial out that triggers this. And Ben Myers from the Lenovo team has been in contact with the Activision team. And I don't think I saw the update, whether he got resolution or not, but he was the one who was spearheading that with Activision. That's what I was referring to earlier. That sounds about right. Apparently, some user had replied and said that they had it whitelisted. Whatever that means. And that makes sense. So, I mean, if if Lenovo said, hey, you take this process, make sure it's included in your whitelist on the anti-cheat, everything's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, Lenovo, you guys are freaking awesome. I mean, I don't understand why it was that, you know, like crazy in, in the beginning or why it was that bad. But, like, the fact that they went in and did that for the users is, that speaks volumes. That's huge. That means they really care about, like, every little scenario that they can have an impact on. I think it resonates what Project SPC has said about the overlay software, because that is an opportunity to make quick adjustments on the ROG Ally on the go. I mean, even with the CPU turbo mode that you can enable. So for that to be confused as a modification software to give someone an advantage in the game i that's plausible at least to me i'm not a software engineer i can't confirm anything of course but that definitely does sound plausible gamers generation any any thoughts from you on this you know um unfortunately or fortunately i don't really have that much to say to this topic um even though the the, the game thinks that you're a bot and i'm unironically <laughs> kind of related to a bot um I am curious, and maybe SPC can tell me a little bit more about this, though. Um, I don't imagine, like, any kind of overclocking software would, would trigger, like, anti-cheat. So, like, what's different at the kind of developer level? And maybe this would be interesting for our audience to learn, too. That differentiates them, say, if you're playing on a desktop and you're running Afterburner, it's not going to get you banned versus, like, one of these overlays. That's a good question. I don't really know what Afterburner's picking up on. Some of the sensor data is available in the... Uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called, but there's a Windows API that you can get some of the sensor data from, but you can't get everything from it. And some of it does have to be read through like the EC or something. So I am surprised that Afterburner isn't an issue. Although they may have whitelisted that as part of the yeah. anti-cheat, it's hard to tell. It, it is. And also, if you're experienced with uh, RAM overclocking or like heavy XOC, uh, those can actually cause issues with bands as well on Modern Warfare. And I've actually seen that happen a few times, but most of all, it can make the game engine completely crash when it sees 
uh, certain things out of its normal limits, I guess. But it's it's the software itself. Apparently, the anti cheat software, even when it even when it's not um, the no, the anti lag, even when the anti lag software is not enabled, the fact that it's there. I don't know if it's looking for that, but apparently that goes to like a kernel level with the CPU um, trying to help it render frames quicker, if I'm not mistaken. Someone explained it the other day, and it was basically seeing that as like a kernel level thing, and that's why they were telling you to disable it, but apparently because it's still installed as that driver or on that driver, that could be what someone was saying was triggering it still. It's, it's not the fact that you've change TDP or anything because I I know for a fact a lot of people who knew ahead of time not to change TDP not to bring up that menu always have anti-lag disabled it's it's out of yeah I don't know it's it's frustrating because I can't play it on my ally anymore I refuse to well I can completely understand that where you have the paranoia or even it being reasonable that a ban could happen again, not being aware of what caused it on the ally to happen in the first place. Though we have shared some plausible thoughts here and some potentials on what could have caused it. Maybe Asus will listen and do what Lenovo did and we'll be all good about that. But I know it was happening with uh, some of the INEOs and some of the other handhelds as well. So it was just, it was very odd that they're all AMD powered. They're all using similar drivers, so it's, you know, something something's there that can be done, but I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. Any other thoughts, gentlemen, on this topic before we transition? No. Oh. All right, and I did skip one. We do have here a... Mention of the RTX 40 Super Series thoughts and predictions for current GPU. Do we have any thoughts on this one, on this topic? Um, I'm actually hopeful that it's going to change things up a little bit. You know, some people are saying that the pricing is not going to change, that these are just going to be slotted in above. Um, you know, they're being very you know cynical about it. And I, I understand that, but I, I still have faith that NVIDIA is actually going to pull a smooth one on us and they're going to drop down you know, the 4080s and they'll drop down the other tiers, but I, I really don't know. It's, it's kind of like they're throwing these out here and people don't have the money to go buy them anyways. It's bad timing, in my opinion, to be throwing these out in the market. Um, you know, especially after the holidays, nobody's going to have money to go out and go buy a GPU, especially before tax time anyways, too. So it's, it's hopeful that it's going to change things up for the people who are still looking for a GPU. Maybe they can get a better deal on the non-super series but it's just kind of weird to throw these out here when a lot of them just aren't selling anyways it may be advantageous for those that are building systems beginning in the new year but for those that are looking for pre-built systems or even took advantage of the black friday and cyber monday sales getting the 4090 or something close to it 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 could be dismissive in a way for and discouraging in a way for those nvidia yeah. fans what do you think about the performance difference, though? We will have to see. Yeah. I mean, it's not that much. If you look at the CUDA cores between, like, the 4080 and the 4080 Super, um, you know, you've only got about three, 400 more CUDA cores, and the VRAM's the same, power limit's the same, 
is is the same die like you know every everything is pretty much the same well it's an 8103 400 not a 300 so i don't know how much different that's going to be but the 4070 ti super um that could be a little interesting that that one seems to have a little bit more gap on it and it's got 16 gigs of vram so i i think honestly if if anything would be that 4070 ti super that people should look for i think that's probably going to be the the sweet spot in my opinion okay Good thoughts there. Gamers Generation Project SBC, any thoughts on this? RTX 40 Super Series. I can go first. Um, I, I'm i not sure. Uh, I don't think my audience is actually really as in, uh, interested in desktop components as I myself am. Um, I actually am going to go a different way from what CPPC said. I am completely not hopeful at all uh, at nvidia's um attempts to capitalize further on the market and my assumptions are largely based on what they're doing with um their higher end components uh particularly like um the rtx 4090s and the um h100s which are the ai um chips so because of recent Congress, U.S. Congress moves, um, those, those products have been banned in China. And so they've, they've really been kind of like finagling the numbers and twisting things around. So like as an example, they just, they just announced, or I think it's already just launched, a 4090D, which is supposed to be called like a 4090 Dragon or something. But it's essentially a, a, a cut-down 4090 uh, in terms of its uh, CUDA core capability, uh, I believe its tensor cores are cut too, uh, and also its uh, TGP. Um, so um, basically, I'm under the impression that they're just going to throw whatever they can out onto the wall and hope that something sticks. Uh, so I'm not really hopeful at all about um, anything performant for like good value um, for consumers, really. Um, definitely not at the high end. Um, maybe less so at uh, sort of at the mid-tier cards at the at the lower end cards there's there's a bit more competition from amd so um you know people have a little bit more choice there uh and i will also say that um you know there was there's was actually a leak that came out uh earlier today um on videocards.com about uh a listing for a 4090 super too right so like clearly the 4090 super is not going to be if they're labeling it of super it's not going to be cheaper than a pre-existing 4090 right like the hope would be that 4090s drop in price but because of those bands they've actually been increasing in price right mm -hmm. this is actually true for the the md 7900 xtx's too uh um, export of those cards have actually gone up in price as well because you know everybody uh everybody and their dog wants to get into the AI game. And so because of that, like these high-end chips are just, uh, you know, everyone's just FOMOing over it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how, how it kind of rolled downhill like that. Um, apparently the, uh, the AI push, as far as China goes, I know government had kind of put the smack down on them and said that they would... Uh, not allow them to skirt the lines and then they rolled that back apparently i saw that in an article today where they were gonna you know try to keep skirting the lines and cut down cards as much as they can and then they 
clap back and said, no, if you don't, if you, if you do that, we're going to get you. And now they've rolled that back. So it looks like they are going to continue pushing those out, like right along the lines of the bands. And, you know, that's fine. That's their prerogative. But what they really should, should kind of go back to is giving us the deals here. You know, like there's a lot of these cards that are just sitting there. I think uh, NVIDIA is going to have a, a big hurt on them when it comes to overstock I don't think they're going to really sell out of any of these. I think they're all going to just be sitting on shelves. If you go to Micro Center or you look on any online retailer, there's stacks and stacks and stacks of them. They're not selling. None of these cards, except maybe the 4090, are selling out. All of the lower tier series all the way down, they're always in stock now. You can even get some of them under MSRP. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not hopeful, but I, I, I will leave just a glimmer of positivity there that there are some deals to maybe be had at the 4070 series, maybe 4070 supers. I, I, um, I can see, I can share some of your sentiment. I, I would say though, that based on like NVIDIA's stock performance and what they're saying to their shareholders, like leaked, leaked emails from yeah. Jensen Huang, like saying that they're not a graphics company anymore and that they're an mm. AI company. And the fact that like one of these H100 chips that gets sold is like five figures right like just as a business like regardless of what your business model is it would be kind of silly to be you know making pennies on the dollar or whatever uh versus you know making whatever bank on these graphics cards uh on these h100 graphics cards because at the end of the day the silicon itself um you know the sand if you will it's <laughs> the same components really right right so like are they going to do their customers? I mean, realistically, they should, you could say, because their customers, gamers anyway, were the ones that got them to this point. But, like, exactly. are they are they going to do that? No, I, I would not hold my breath for that, like, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I when it comes to the stock, though, I mean, I, I was invested in NVIDIA for a while. I sold because I felt like it was just insanely overvalued. I still think it is. I'm not an investor. It's not financial advice. But I just don't see their their evaluation there's a there's a few things in in the air if you've if you followed around their stock but the whole ai push it's a little over leveraged at this point in my opinion i'm sure it's still as big as they say it is but there's a few things that i didn't agree with that they did and i think when the public finds out about it uh, the stock price will probably tumble a little bit i i just don't see it being as hardcore as they are saying it is, I still think there's a lot of things that they've pushed on the back burner that are going to come to the light soon. And I'm, I'm very pessimistic when it comes to their stock price. I'm, I'm not happy how they've done gamers at all. Like, especially a time, especially as time goes on and we don't have the supply shortages anymore. We did during the pandemic. We don't have a lot of those things like mining anymore. We don't have people buying hundreds of GPUs. So why are they still sitting at that price other than their own greed and just like lack of care towards, like you said, the people who brought them to where they are now, you know, they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the gamers buying the GPUs in the first place. I feel like they got greedy with all the miners buying it and they, they thought that would be the same demand this year for gaming. Well, I mean, that's the, that's the free market capitalism for you. They just pivoted from crypto mining to to um you know AI. the ai to the ai boom but but yeah. uh you know unfortunately to that front to that regard i should say for gamers as well mining is actually not dead 
and mining is actually profitable now as far as I've looked up. Slightly. I actually so, have a lot of friends who do. Slightly. Yeah, and so and and so like if we're talking about like gamers wanting graphics cards for values, I'm not really I'm not really hopeful for that. I mean, you know, looking at our, you know, united group, the good news there is that I think that handhelds themselves are really pivoting into the position where people might not actually realistically need these big, you know, desktops. Correct. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Agree. Hand handhelds are growing faster than desktop GPUs at this point. <laughs> and there are a variety of YouTube videos where people are using their gaming handhelds for multi-purpose. When they're on the go, they're using the handheld as the handheld itself, but when they are at home, they have it docked, they are using a eGPU and they have a monitor connected and they are using it for productivity purposes. Yeah, that's great. I mean, these devices are very useful for pretty much any scenario and with the eGPU capabilities, I mean, that's always a good thing if you have a way to plug in a graphics card if you're going to hook it up to your TV and do some more demanding games and you know, it just makes life a lot easier and simpler that way. And it's a, a lot of clutter. It's amazing how far these handhelds have come where we can play the latest AAA games and get reasonable frame rates with them. Of course, with upscaling technology and whatnot, but I, I still think that's wonderful Yeah, that we can yeah, do I'm that. Very, I'm very happy with it, everything the way it is. I'm hopeful for these Intel handhelds. I know that was one of the next topics. We Let's transition to that. Yeah, we can jump around a little bit from what we have here to discuss. Let's talk about the new Intel-based handhelds. And so, I, oh, yeah, go ahead. Gamers I'm Generation. I'm out of the loop. Yeah, if anybody has any information, I'm out of the loop. If there's any leaks or any new information, I would love to hear about it. And I think it's 1X that I saw something on Twitter that 1X, I, I haven't had a chance to dive into yeah. it, but 1X has a handheld yeah, in the works. Yeah, go ahead, Gamers Generation. So um, my favorite people at One Netbook, uh, and I'm being sarcastic about that there, um, they are, they've teased a new Intel-based uh, handheld called the X1. So it'll be called One Netbook x1 or one x player x1 or something it looks very much like a tablet just based on their on their teaser so think main body of the legion go or um, one x player 2 oh i see it um yeah and uh they're saying that it'll have a core core ultra which i'm sure cppc has like you know thoughts about in terms of the naming <laughs> nomenclature but yeah so this is supposed to be a core ultra 7 I don't know, whatever Pat Gelsinger wants to call it. Um, I, I assume it's going to be something like a 155U or something like that is is what the new naming scheme is. Um, there's actually been a couple of uh, laptops that have been released. Uh, ETA Prime did a video on one that has a Core Ultra I, um, 155H, I believe it has in there. Um, and that one... And that one has an Arc 8 iGPU in there. So the Arc 8 is supposed to be, you know, obviously a higher class uh, integrated GPU compared to the previously leaked, uh, what is it, the M-Door handheld, which was supposed to have a Arc 5 in there. So, you know, these, these are just names and numbers, obviously, but the previous leaks were stating that these iGPUs in these class of Intel handhelds, not handhelds, sorry, mobile chips, they should be able to butt heads or go up very close to um, 
uh, a Ryzen 780M. So the ones that, so the iGPU that's inside of like our Ally and our Legion Go, as well as uh, the 7840Us. Yeah, I was just looking up the specs on that CPU, and that's actually impressive. I'm I'm very hopeful for that. If they even the the Ultra Seven One Fifty Five H, but I see that they even offer the One Sixty Five H. That's very very hopeful. Like those yeah, actually look like good competitors. Yeah, it's good. My, my one concern, and and uh, again, I'm sure CPPC has has thoughts on this. Um, Intel has always had, at least in the last couple of generations, issues with controlling the heat, and mm. and and the and how much wattage they're just they're just sipping that juice like uh you know it's free yeah you're not wrong you're not wrong i'm I'm hoping that the venting on this will be good enough and they'll at least have some decent fans in there though um that's something we'll have to see i was trying to find pictures to see if there was a backside shot of it and i found one and i only see one maybe two vents on the back so that's i mean they're not that bad they're a little smaller than maybe what i would like but getting the device to have huge heat sinks and huge fans. It always comes at a thicker cost. And so it's nice that they've got a 120 Hertz display. Uh, is that an OLED? It says 2.5 K high resolution LTPS. Is that its own technology? LTPS is no, no LTPS is kind of like an IPS basically. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a different kind of panel, but it's not OLED. Mm. Well, is that the only one that's out there right now pushing uh, pushing some news out on these handhelds with Intel? Um, as far as I know, this 155H is a laptop-grade CPU. You know, they're doing the same type of thing as uh, AMD, so like H or U or whatever letter that they like to use. I'm surprised they didn't put more Xs and Zs in there. Yeah, um, you know, I know, that's what sells, more. right? The X. Yeah, exactly. The CXXZX, right? Yeah. Gaming Z Trio X. Um, throwing a Strix and ROG in there too. Um, I mean, my one thing about these Intel CPUs is like, I really do want them to be competitive as well because it's great for us, um, in the handheld space and great for, um, competition. Uh, my concern is of course, yeah, like the TDPs, right? Um, even if they're, even if they're well vented and, and, um, you know, they can be cooled well, how fast are they going to burn through these batteries? Right. Hmm. And that is a challenge with handhelds, or at least I, I will say I find it to be a limitation than handhelds have, where we want to push higher frames and we want our battery to go longer at the same time. Yeah, and I, I, see in, I see in the specs, the processor base power is 28 watt. The maximum turbo power is 115 watt. The minimum assured power is 20 watt. Maximum assured power is 65 watt. So to what extent will this handheld do well with a low TDP setting to maximize battery time and be able to play games that are not as demanding for a long period of time without the battery burning out compared to playing that on the Steam Deck, that game on the Steam Deck with a low TDP setting? Found some specs on those screens I was sharing. It's uh, LPTO stands for Low Temperature Polycrystalline Oxide. It refers to a particular type of backplane technology seen in OLEDs. OLED stands for Organic Light Emitting Diode, a unique type. Basically, it's saying that it, it looks similar uh, to an OLED, but the low temperature polycrystalline, 
is that is that meaning the screen itself is going to be a lower temperature than it's a it's supposed to be low temperature in order to be like more efficient or use less um, right like electricity so so the the absolute handheld has an ltps mm, display okay. um yeah. i mean i think you would be i haven't like really took a taken a really good look at the panel right and compared it like directly to like um you know the other panels that i have i would say you would probably be hard pressed to differ differentiate it from you know like a standard ips which isn't a bad thing right it yeah. just tells you like you know it's got good um viewing angles and stuff okay well, that's hopeful i mean i'm all for you know better screen quality in these especially just experiencing a laptop with an oled for the first time it's it's opened up my eyes to oleds and these smaller devices and i i kind of would love to see that introduced more or even something better than the ally's got a pretty good screen on it but if you compare it to like the legion go it just kind of like yeah the legion go looks a little better in my opinion well, these IPS displays can be very convincing as well that they have the characteristics of an OLED. I mean, if you take the ANEO 2S and put it next to the Steam Deck OLED, I, I mean, it's strikingly similar, even though one is OLED and one is IPS. Yeah, I think uh, to me, um, having like a decent amount of experience with OLEDs, even like in VR headsets, I, I, to me, the black levels are probably the thing that would stand out the most as opposed to like, you know, just peak brightness and whatnot. So yeah, that's something that IPS displays obviously struggle yeah, with. Correct. And so like, you know, QD, QD um, OLED panels and like mini LEDs would do a little bit better than that. Right. So um, I know Joe's got some feelings about the mini LED panels, but like, you know, that would be nice to see in a handheld too. I, ANU has been quiet. I mean, we're getting to the end of December here and I haven't heard anything on an ANU 2S mini LED. So no, don't hold your breath. They're, they're, they're busy prepping their time. Oh yeah. <laughs> because I, I mean, how, what's their skew limit these days? Three in a month, four in a month. I uh, how high can you count? How <laughs> Exactly. So, uh, ANU. What will we do with you? Thanks, Arthur. Any any other thoughts on this topic, the new Intel handhelds, before we transition, jump no, around no, here? It's, it's, so far, it's good news from what I'm seeing. I'm very hopeful. Just reading those specs on that CPU and seeing it, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm an Intel fanboy, though, so I, I have a little bias, I guess. I didn't realize that Meteor Lake had a third type of core. We have a low power yeah. efficient core. That's crazy. Yeah. The new schemes are a little odd in my opinion, but can't wait to try them. Well, we can trick. Bode... Oh, go ahead. Project SBC. I said, uh, hopefully that bodes well for battery life. I think it will. Thank you. Yeah. Um, mentioning, mentioning that point, I actually really wanted to say really briefly what I would really like to see from both the likes of AMD and and Intel is like an actually custom chip. And no, I'm not talking about Z1 processors. Uh, I, I'm talking about like a chip that's more customized to a handheld specifically. So they dedicate a bit more of the silicon die to, you know, graphics power. Because we don't, yeah. you know, like 16 cores is, is like, at least for now, for gaming, that that's all we really need, right? And yep. so, like, if there could be a better balance struck to how much power is being pushed to the iGPU, 
Mm. That would be like amazing. Yeah, very well said. The ally is very GPU bound. So if you if you've run benchmarks like Modern Warfare, you can clearly see that the CPU has way more um, power in it than the GPU does. So if you were to push some more power in that GPU department on these newer handhelds, that would be like, wow, absolutely epic. The CPU is plenty powerful as it is. So I'd hope any improvements going forward, they would just focus that more on the GPU because we're we're giving it plenty of CPU power at this point. Yeah, so like if we actually got, I, I don't know what the number scheme would be. It would be like, I don't know, like an 8650U. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like that would probably be something that mid-tier pricing but would really deliver in terms of game gaming right because it yeah. could potentially have you know six cores six threads uh i'm sorry six cores 12 threads and it would have uh you know like an 88 880m so an arc 3.5 sorry not arc uh an rdna 3.5 igpu right yeah yeah that's the way to go i mean the way things are going right now with uh with what I'm seeing, if if Intel can push out these handhelds, especially with, with theirs, I, I think honestly they're gonna come on top of your GPU performance and in, in that in that aspect, the arc technology that they have. Because they've made great headway on the arc GPUs. That's the one area I would agree that we can be hopeful about. More competition in the graphic space and the mobile chip space is great. Yeah. And the upscaling so. technologies as well, comparing and contrasting the advantages and disadvantages of each of those, because usually we talk about with upscaling AMD versus NVIDIA, and so with Intel, we can add their upscaling technology to the debate, if not already as part of the debate. Yeah, the Intel upscaling technology, I've, I've actually used a little bit, and it, it works pretty good, but as far as DLSS versus FSR, it depends on the game. I mean, it really comes down to the game if if they're going to work better with one or the other. Like, there's some games where you, you see the FSR works better and some games that DLSS works better, and it works on both GPUs. So I, I don't I don't really have a personal preference. It just depends on the game. I, mm -hmm. I try both, you know, and see which one works better. And sometimes FSR, you know, 2.0 will work better than 3 or, or 2 will better than 1 or vice versa. So you just have to tinker around with it till you find the best balance that you're looking for. I don't yeah. have a personal preference for any of them, actually. Yeah, and some games are designed to support one over the other, and then that same game may get that DLSS support later on. So yeah. one game that comes to mind is Far Cry 6. That was the first time with my NVIDIA GPU that I tried AMD because DLSS wasn't well, I, I don't know if it is available now. I'll have to go back and look. But at the time of when it's when it first released, it was it, it was the FSR upscaling technology supported. So I was using that, and then Starfield as well yeah. with that game in its development, working closely with AMD engineers for it to support optimally AMD technologies, and that DLSS support came later. And I have not experimented and tested with that but have been using the amd fsr with it on my ania 2s yeah i've, I've even seen some tutorials on uh certain certain first person shooter games where they've recommended to use fsr even with an nvidia gpu like between different updates it changes from time to time but mm -hmm. if you're like considering max fps and best one percent loads or whatever you're trying to 
obtain i've seen a lot of people show that the fsr was better and then it would it would jump back to you know dlss so it it really just comes down to the game i think i think some people really are just like uh i guess harping on one being like the end all be all but i don't think one will ever be the end all be all you said it comes down to the game when it yeah. supports yeah I, any other thoughts on that gentlemen uh, yeah, real quick. It's funny that you mentioned that with these upscaling technologies. I'm curious to see if uh, Intel is paying attention to the open source nature of FSR3 and if they're going to um, literally pull an Apple. Um, I don't know if you gentlemen had seen um, the link that uh, Windex Tech had posted regarding MetalFX. MetalFX is the naming scheme that Apple has decided to give to their um, graphics upscaler, which they have come clean and stated that it is based on FSR. Oh, interesting. interesting. So yeah, without uh, FSR, um, I don't think we would be seeing this, um, you know, if we want to call it a Mac gaming revolution. But I mean, given, I don't want to talk about Apple devices too much. Yeah, that would be given, tangential. No, but given, given, their, uh, given their push for what it looks like in the Vision Pro to be able to game, on the space, it makes sense in the context of Metal FX that they have some kind of upscaling technology to help their Apple devices to actually be able to game, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, let me shift from there, if I may, just so that we are not tangential with talking about too many varying gaming technologies. Let's segue into, I think we can tie these two together. The Game Awards 2023 and then the game that you consider is the biggest flop of the year. So I, I'll just get us started, started off here. The Game Awards this year, it was very different from the Game Awards last year in the feeling and the sense I feel that more games were given accolades and considered in last year's Game Awards compared to this year where there was just strong intent for a handful of of games and the articles following the game awards were interesting and then also there seemed to be it, it was more structured and there were some limitations that i sensed and as far as the biggest flop of the year we were talking about this before and i originally was going to say the the lord of the rings golem but i think that the day before has actually eclipsed the golem game as the biggest <laughs> flop of the year but I will let me let me transition. What do you gentlemen think? Game awards and biggest flop of the year. I'm gonna I'm gonna we'll go next, I guess. Yeah. So if if I had to pick one, I'm gonna throw one out of left field. I I would I would have to say Metal Gear Solid. Only only because it was a huge letdown and almost I felt like it was a bait and switch. I, I felt like we were going to get a lot more than what we did. And I felt like there was going to be some more graphics enhancements or at least like remastered type stuff. Um, when it launched, there was game saves not working. <laughs> there was several issues with it, and it just did not bode well with me and a lot of other people uh, who followed the Metal Gear franchise since day one. I, I'm a huge Metal Gear Solid fan. I refuse to um, to take that as like a, a win for, for them when they could have done so much better. I, w I would probably say that... Uh, yeah, it's it's just not well it's not well done. I, I think that was a huge flop of the year. 
Okay, well, that is definitely one we will add to the list. So we have three right now, Gamers Generation, Project SBC. Agree? Disagree? Another game, perhaps? Or something about the Game Awards? I was glad to see the Game Awards uh, both um, put Lenovo Legion Goes and Steam Deck OLEDs as like prizes for tuning in and... and entering their sweepstakes. It really highlighted the fact that they were going towards handhelds, tying it into the game awards. I was glad to see that. Yeah. Now, was it last year that the Steam Deck was offered to as a giveaway? I, I may be having a moment of deja vu. Okay, that's what I thought. So now we, we had another another option for gamers. Yeah, uh, SBC, did you have a thought you wanted to finish about, like, specific games or anything no i didn't really follow up too much although i was reading about the overwatch 2 flop how that's kind of uh i played overwatch a long time ago and i enjoyed the game and i've heard a lot about overwatch 2 although i haven't taken the dive and people have complained quite a bit about how the overwatch team has really uh not done them justice do yourself a favor and look up uh, BlizzCon, HonestCon, you'll have a good laugh. Will do. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not an Overwatch player. Uh, I will say that, um, unfortunately, as far as I know, you you kind of have no choice now since Overwatch 1 has been retired. Uh, but that's definitely been a lot of controversy. So, that yeah, I, I would agree that's a good uh, mention that you said. Um, for me, uh, I will just say, yeah, it's really great that they did offer up Steam Deck OLEDs. Uh, sort of like as an upgrade as they are new um, when they had offered when Valve had offered uh, Steam Decks last year and uh, yeah good on Lenovo jumping on that uh, bandwagon let's say and not being shown up by by Gabe that's that's a good move um, it would have been phenomenal if we could see you know Asus do the same but I guess you know can't have everything um, uh, in terms of games themselves uh, you actually all brought up really good ones um, I just wanted to say that like for Joe um, uh, the day before was actually a title I had watched for like a long time because, uh, I'm, I used to play the division two a lot and I, I was waiting for a long time for that game. And so like that game had actually been in, let's say limbo or development for years already. Um, but besides that, just to offer a new, uh, spin and probably a hot take, I would actually say, I think it's Starfield because, um, despite you know, all the fanfare around it at the beginning, you can see that like modders are, are just bailing on the game. And I mean, it, it would be hard for you to, for anyone to debate or deny that, you know, the health and longevity of Skyrim has, you know, not in any way, shape or form been due to modders. It's all because of modders. Right. And so like, while that would have passed that type of gameplay and that, those types of bugs and, and lack of features and, and quality of life um, would have been fine in 2011. It's a very different game, and, and or it's a very different space and, and understandably different expectations 12 years later. And so um, I honestly haven't spent enough time playing Starfield, even though I would like to. But now I'm also at the point where I'm thinking, I really want this game to be better than all of these terrible things I've heard about it. And the only way that that happens is through modders because it doesn't seem like Bethesda is putting enough effort behind it. 
I think I'll agree on that point because I played Starfield for a little while and I was not impressed with it. I did not understand the hype behind it, um, you know, or the lore or anything like that. So I went into it with fresh eyes. Just I was like, hey, this game everybody's so excited about. Let me try it. It was boring. I didn't like it. I, I couldn't finish it. So I, I could see that that was a flop. But there was a few graphical issues with it as well i know a lot of people are having but it's if if a, a modding community is ditching a game it's never a good sign if they're like here for a minute and they're like nah done yeah there's there's actually um there's actually a big there's a there's a mod that came out last year called skyrim together and it was a it was a revolutionary mod for skyrim because this is the first time that you could basically turn this single player game into a multiplayer game and that with you know the handcrafted maps that Skyrim offered really added to that mystery and allure of that whole you know lore or um world. Whereas like right. Starfield, you know, with all these procedurally generated um uh conversations. You know, planets, oh conversations even, yeah. But I was gonna say like barren planets that like have nothing on them. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm There's some wildlife complain. on a few, I will say. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to complain about, like, not being able to traverse the entire planet. I mean, if you want to do that, then fine, yeah, you can do that. I'm not complaining about that, but it seems it seems a little odd that in a spacefaring game, there are no vehicles other than the spaceship that you, you know, go from planet to planet to. That That's kind of weird, right? Like, yeah, no rovers or anything. Yeah, that, that just seems weird, right? Yeah. Yes, not like Mass Effect where you can take the rover out. No, definitely not. Yeah, I really enjoyed that, especially in Andromeda. That was fun. You're the only one that likes the Mako, Joe. You're the only one. Yeah, that's all right. So, so our top three biggest flops, number one, Day Before, number two, Starfield, number three, Metal Gear Solid. Oh, so we're just going to completely ignore the Lord of the Rings Gollum. Not, oh, not, that, that. not that I hate the game. I actually, I'm almost finished with it but I stepped away from it. I really wanted to try and get through it, but it, it is so frustrating. I am not adept. My friends will tell you, I am not adept with jumping puzzles or any level that requires jumping. So this was a great challenge for me. I have died more times than I can blink. I think in that game, I'm, I'm honestly a little shocked that you would dedicate any time to that game other than for like, meme streaming or something like that can we add can we add uh kong uh, uh <laughs> you know rise of skull island or whatever to your playlist then i mean if you're willing to go through that. oh oh i could i can beat you on that i spent time with redfall yeah i was about to say redfall i played on launch day and it was horrible who who was it that mentioned me oh in the video because we were talking about 900p and i found out that with FSR enabled, or we reached the conclusion together that with FSR enabled at 900p in Redfall only specifically, that there would be this flickering or shaking effect happening. But yeah, I was spending some time in in Redfall. So did you think it was a flop? Did it did it like tick all the boxes for you to be a good game? Or it it wasn't enough to keep me engaged and interested, but. I felt that the characters and the level itself, I, I thought it was fun. I think it is okay. fun. It is a fun experience, but I, I wouldn't fair. say it's a complete flop. I did read more about 
the journey Arcane Studios took with the game, and I understand they were trying something different, and they were going out of their comfort zone, and they may or may not have had enough support from Xbox to give a expectation of what they were looking for. So I, I think there were some planning issues with that. But I, I was hoping for it to be more than it was or than it is. But yeah. So did you play happen. it after the update? I did. And I think the update did make an improvement with it. Something that you would continue to play or just yeah, worth a few minutes of your time and put it away? I would say worth a few minutes of my time. But as a gamer, I will say I jump around games i play some games i spend a long i i spend a couple of weeks on a certain game then go to the next one go to the next one and i continuously will say oh i need to go back to that game something will remind me oh i I remember that game i need to go back and finish it so i don't think i'm the best person to judge on that i think you do a great job managing games because I don't even think I have time to dedicate to these campaign and, you know, putting days and weeks. Uh, Yeah, I just don't have the time for that. So anything that says roguelite is like right up my alley. (laughs) Oh, I appreciate that. I am eccentric and I am an enthusiast. I consider games artwork. And so I like to understand and enjoy them for what they are. And I do have a tendency to see the best and what may be the worst. So bear with me in that. Well, we need that for for this because I th- I think you can dive a lot deeper into some of these games than I can as well. So that's that's always a nice addition to hear some of the deeper aspects of these games that I'm not used to. But I will say I'm not closed-minded. So if there's a disagreement, if someone says this could be better, nothing is perfect. So like how deep are we talking about with Gollum and and Rise of Kong? <laughs> well, I I feel that the story could have been the atmosphere is there, but the story there could have been depth, more depth to that. When I was looking at the development of the game, I was thinking, "Wow, this is going to be." And the audience can correct me. Maybe I just was completely mistaken and misled, but I just thought this was going to be very story driven and founded in the lore of Lord of the Rings. But I. There's a taste of it, but I want the whole pie, and I didn't get it, and I love pie, so it there was a disappointment with that there. there there's there's something I got to say um, with regard to um, Kong, and I, I think Kong anyway, definitely with Gollum, that a lot of people don't realize, because I myself didn't realize this either, that like the Lord of the Rings itself, like the property, right, like Tolkien's original work, is... Um, like all you have to do is get that license, right? Like it doesn't have anything to do with like the, mo- like the movies that a lot of people have an, a, a, like a, a tie and affinity to, or like even, you know, the Amazon, uh, prequel series, like those are completely separate things. Okay. Right. And so like someone, someone could mistakenly think that this is like, this game is tied to, you know, like those movies, but it isn't in any shape, any way, shape or form. And so like the developers or whatever, they can go whatever which di- di- uh, direction that they want. I mean, they obviously did, right? Um, and so, like, that's where you might see a lot of, like, just completely different 
uh, types of direction. Like there's um there's an old, I think it's a PS2 Lord of the Rings game too or whatever. But it's completely like unrelated to the movies, even though it came ar- came out around like a similar time frame as uh, the movies. And like people would be just completely confused or just thrown off like what this this has nothing to do with the movies but not knowing that like it's because it's completely not attached good points good points there so i think we have a working list here i'm looking at my screen we have number one as the day before biggest flop second is starfield third is metal gear solid Fourth is Lord of the Rings Gollum, and fifth is Skull Island Rise of Kong. Is that is that what we are thinking? I think that's our top five. I think that's our top five. I will say, though, with the day before, there was a previous point on this, and I remember when it was first revealed, this game, in articles, and I had Division vibes and The Last of Us vibes. I was really excited that a game would combine those two games into one game. So I had that hype as well. Yeah, it looked like it was going to be a good one. It was definitely a letdown. I think they were a little bit more ambitious in what they could make and ambitious. Yeah, I think they just took on a little bit more than they could chew. That happens. You know, there's a lot of people who have great ideas for video games and they have all the best intentions, but they don't quite have the talent needed or the resources needed to get the development down and get it, you know, hammered out the way they had envisioned it initially, you know? Yeah. And, well, that's and that can happen. Now, you know? Yeah, it is too. So I don't know if we want to segue into this because it's been a topic. To what extent was it a scam? Do we want to talk about that? I'm not sure if I have any good information on that, but you guys might. I feel like it's yeah, kind of uh, it's kind of dragged out at this point. I mean, yeah. I, I don't really want to talk too much about it because I feel like a, enough outlets have have commented yeah. on that. Um, I'll just say though that people who wanted a game like that, um, that is not you know vaporware and completely rife with um, stock Unreal Engine five assets, should probably actually check out Once Human. That that game is actually out on beta right now. I was part um, of the closed for beta for that. It's oh, yeah. great. So, yeah. Yeah. So like that game, as far as I know, looks like what the day before could have been. Uh, and I think the day before was actually taking a lot of fanfare from Once Human, which actually looks pretty great. Oh, that does look good. Once Human, know. it reminded me of Rust, but it had this sci-fi element to it. And that really captivated me. Yeah. Absolutely. But great, great game to recommend. All right, so I think we can transition to some segues if we would like. So we can we can go around the table here, and I, I guess I will get us started off. The first segue we have is what games are you playing? And I have been playing Diablo 4, and I have been playing it on the Lenovo Legion Go, actually, with the first-person mode. And I have been enjoying the Midwinter Blight event that has been happening. It is a grind, but I am still enjoying it with the seasonal content. So CPPC Tech, how about you? We'll, we'll um, go next to you. 
Sure. Yeah. Currently, uh, I'm playing my usuals, Modern Warfare Three and Forza, but uh, I actually just picked up uh, Ready or Not. I've been wanting to play it for quite some time. I was planning on trying to get into it tonight, but uh, yeah, as far as Modern Warfare goes, we've me and my wife actually been playing it because it's a free weekend. I have the game, but she doesn't, so she downloaded it and been just grinding out and playing that and enjoying playing Rust and all the other old school maps like terminal and stuff it's just been it's been a great throwback mixed with some new guns so been enjoying that i'm hopeful for ready or not it looks like a great great game i don't know if any of you guys have seen it or not i have not i'll have to check that out gamers generation oh i'm sorry cpp yeah i was about to say you really should check it out if you like shooters it, it it's pretty sick from what I've heard, CPPC, you need to play it in VR in particular. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, you are okay. Yeah. yeah. From what I from what I can tell, it's it's pretty amazing. Awesome. Uh, Gamers Generation, how about you? What game are you playing right now? You know what? Um, I don't play games anymore. I only benchmark according to my <laughs> according to my uh, Steam profile page. Oh, yeah, I have like, right? I have like I have like sixty hours in Cyberpunk. You know, like fifty eight of which are, are benchmarks. Um, <laughs> I would like to say though, there are a number of games I still need to beat. Like there, there are tons. You know, one uh, one that I've delayed for like a really long time is obviously like Hogwarts Legacy. But I've also been waiting to play um, Spider-Man Mi- Miles Morales. I've just been waiting for like a good sale for that. Uh, my problem, um, I'm sure SBC has a similar type of issue, is that these games are just they're they're too time consuming, mm-hmm. and you don't have enough long playtime sessions uh, in order, you know, to really kind of get into it. So yeah, like the roguelike games. The pickup games that you can play, uh, those ones are probably more interesting, even though I've not really gone into that. I think that resonates what you say about the longevity of these games. Project SBC, how about you? Are you doing benchmarking as well for your gaming ventures or playing something instead? Mm-hmm. No, I've been playing Modern Warfare 3, but I haven't been playing multiplayer. I've been doing the zombies. Oh, zombie mode. It's my friends and I, we've uh, played zombies for many, many years. And so we saw Modern Warfare 3 and zombie now takes it to kind of like a campaign level where you do have, you know, missions to grind out and you can just do them in 40 minute chunks. And uh, it works out well for us because there's not too much detail that goes into the campaign that you do in the zombies mode so it's not like i'm gonna forget stuff you know in between weeks where we don't play and it's just 40 minute sessions so it, it doesn't really require you know big chunks of time to commit so i've been really enjoying that i've been doing it on my legion go and i've been plugging it into my 34 inch widescreen monitor and i've been dropping everything down but i can still get 60 frames a second that's great i'm my 34 inch widescreen monitor what resolution uh it it does whatever the variable adjustment resolution but for the most part it does keep 60 so i find that very i've I've had a lot of fun with zombies too i think i think it's i think it's been great which uh act are you on i just started i played my first zombie mission about two days ago and I, i haven't jumped back in but it was it was really fun uh going through and fighting them off basically it, it gets surrounded really fast but it's cool that people can revive you and survive them i'm not a 
huge zombies lore expert, so it was like my first time playing it since way back in the day. It's changed quite a bit. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Do you play any of the online part, like Rustman or any of the uh, Invasion or anything like that? I have not touched anything but zombies. Well, if you like big open type stuff, check out Invasion. It's kind of like Warzone, but just with half of them being AI and there's no looting. You don't have to go into loot crates or anything like that. It's basically uh, just huge maps. It's very fun if you ever want to jump into something like that, a little bit more casual and a little less sweaty than just your standard multiplayer matches. Yeah, it sounds fun. Yeah, it's Maybe we should uh, organize a uh, gaming session. Yeah, man, definitely. If anyone else is interested. Yeah, let us know in the comments if you are interested, and if so, do join the Handheld United Discord channel. I will make yeah. sure that the invite is in the description. And across our videos on our channels, I think we do have... I know for mine I do, but I don't know about everyone else. But find that invite and do join us and let us know. And yes. I think... I think if agreeable, we can go and transition to the next and final segue, which is what next videos are we working on? I will go ahead and just get us started. I am actually working on a Lenovo Legion Go Ultimate FPS mode video on what settings you can use to play Diablo 4 with FPS mode on that handheld. And... We'll just go around the table, CPPC Tech. How about you? Uh, yeah, I've currently just uh, finished up a review for the Lenovo uh, Slim 5 with the 7840HS and the 4060 and the OLED. Oh, my God, that laptop was so nice. But I'm going to do some follow-up videos for it, do some tuning videos, and basically show like what's the most you could squeeze out of this laptop possible, both performance, and I'll try to do some battery videos as well. And I've got some docs I gotta show off for you, Green. All right, Gamers Generation, are you doing more docs or something else? I uh, I don't review docs. Um, perhaps oh, you're thinking me. of my friend uh, Windoc Tech. Windoc Tech, <laughs> yes. My my apologies. <laughs> that's all right. There is a doc review somewhere on my channel. Okay, that's probably what made me think to of be it. Fair. To be fair, uh, yeah, no, there are a couple of things. I mean, I don't know, like when when we do actually go live at that point, maybe my ROG Ally six month review will be up. But I'm also um, working towards um, a Vitcher. Uh, I'm sorry, Vitcher one uh, accessories guide, um, sort of a review on um, that XR uh, technology sort of um, ecosystem, and then I have like plans to compare those to like the x-real systems uh and as it relates to more so to um handhelds and mobile devices it's funny cppc mentioned that like i actually just got um the lenovo pro 5 i think it is it has a it has a 13700h in there and a 4060 and Ooh. so like i i plan to review that too but that's probably going to be like later down the line hey what screen did you get with it I'm pretty sure that's, oh my God. I'm pretty sure that's just the, the standard uh, IPS, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I would love to see uh, the performance on that and what the CPU scores are and everything. That, that'd be a great, great video to watch. Yeah, if you got, um, 
I, I know we don't exactly play the same types of games, but if there's like uh certain benchmarks that we can run obviously like you know the standard in-game built-in uh in-game built-in benchmark that we could yeah. like you know match settings and then we could uh, oh, like, yeah. share those across that probably be useful for our audiences too extremely because i've had a few people ask me specifically about what i think about the intel versions and how well do they perform with the 4060s and so that will be an interesting take i'll, I'll be sure to share some of them Project yeah. SBC, how about you? What video are you working on, sir? I am trying to get some footage together for my upcoming software. More specifically, I wanted to highlight the Wi-Fi AP mode so you can do some offline. And when I say offline, I mean one of the devices is going to serve as a Wi-Fi router. But just being able to use like Steam Link or play some local LAN games not connected to a Wi-Fi router. Um, I think that's a cool feature to have. It's very niche. Not everyone's going to use it. But I think car rides and airplanes, it would be a great idea to play with a friend or my kids. So that's one of the things that I want to highlight. That sounds interesting. And you have been working on the software for some time. So it has developed, I think, a good amount. Since this, is my, yeah, this is my third or fourth retake i can't count anymore that's but every time i work. learn yeah it's it's at the hundreds of hours mark definitely well that makes sense well gentlemen any final thoughts that we have for the show overall should we go back should we should we i think check anything nailed. I think we have nailed everything. Uh, the biggest part is if any of you guys are still listening, let us know. Like, what do you what do you want us to talk about next? Do you have questions? Is there anything that you would like us to test out, or any devices that are on your radar? Definitely let us know both in the comments and hop in the Discord. You know, bring up a few chats with us and let's hear your thoughts because you guys are what make us uh, be able to do these things. So if you're giving us what you want, it's a win win for everyone. You know, we we get to learn what's interesting to you can figure out a way to present that to you yeah very much so i resonate that myself do let us know in the comments what you would like to see gamers generation project sbc any thoughts final thoughts no i think you gentlemen have covered it likewise all right well we will go ahead and sign off for this podcast Gentlemen, it has been good. Take care, everyone. All right. Good night, y'all. It's been a pleasure. Good night. Thank you.